Welcome to the Southwest Virginia Hoops Podcast with your host, Travis Byers, co-host Shane Presley, your production team, Chris Booby Tiller and Haley Byers. So sit back and relax for some of the greatest basketball stories in Southwest Virginia. It's the Southwest Virginia Hoops Podcast coming at you now. For today's podcast, I just want to thank all the great local businesses that uh, sponsored this season, season one of the podcast. Um, so next time that, you know, you're able to help out any of these local businesses, shop with them, uh, make sure you do, especially if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast. I'm going to give a shout out to all those businesses right now. You had Ramey Automotive in Richlands, Duffield Driver Improvement. West End Pharmacy in Clintwood, Modern Chevrolet in Honeaker, uh, Terry Arrington's Garage in Honeaker, Johnson's Chevrolet in Clintwood, Teddy's Restaurant in Nicholsville, the Abingdon General Store, uh, David Mullins Wealth Management, Pause for Christ, uh, Jesse McMurray's Law Office in Gate City, uh, Felty Insurance in Bristol, uh, also Sesco Group Insurance in Bristol, and Brad Knuckles uh, agency. So again, really want to thank all those great local businesses. Uh, make sure you're able to check them out um, next time. Thanks. Hello, everybody. This is Travis Fires back with the Southwest Virginia Hoops podcast. Uh, I have my co-host here today. Shane Presley. Uh, we're here for the season finale, season one finale. This will be episode 16. This will be Neil Rasnick, The Godfather Part 2. Um, before we get into the episode, though, uh, with Neil, I want to congratulate uh, two, the two uh, state champion teams from Southwest Virginia. Uh, the first team, Wise Central, uh, won Shane in the double A. Um, I watched actually some of that game. They had a massive comeback. Did you see their comeback? I, the I saw the highlights, but I didn't yeah. see much of the actual game. Yeah. Uh, you know, Emma McCamus. Is she's gonna be a she's gonna be a ball? Yeah, I was gonna say she's gonna be a force. Well, she is a force, I guess, already as a freshman. But uh, you know, congratulations to them. Coach Robin Dotson makes uh, Lord of the Rings. I saw someone on social media calling him. Was it six, five or six? Five or six, yeah. In the short time with Wise Central, um, and you know, Robin Dotson. I, I don't like to always give give away who's gonna be on. Uh, next season, but Robin Dodson has already booked a date, or not a date, but a uh, spot in our lineup, hasn't Shane? Yeah. For season two. Uh, so, again, congratulations to them. And the other one, uh, a podcast guest this season, Misty Miller and the Honecker Tiger lady, uh, ladies team, they won their third straight. Third in a row. Yeah, third in a row. Uh, so, congratulations to Misty and, and her entire team. Um, it's pretty cool for me on a personal basis because – my cousin Julia Barton, want to give her a shout out. Uh, she became the first state champion in my entire family. <laughs> uh, anybody in our family that I can think to uh, doesn't have a state ring, and she she got one uh, with them this year. So, again, shout out to both of those teams. Uh, but it's pretty crazy, Shane. It's been uh, basically six months since we recorded episode one. Yeah, right? It doesn't seem like it's been that long. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. It's been a, an awesome season, you know, it's really kind of above my imagination, really thinking about it. Whenever I 
back in the summer was thinking about doing this podcast. I still remember reaching out to just a few people and sending texts like, hey, do you think this is a crazy idea? And I'd say several people probably thought that it was. Yeah. And, you know, again, I didn't think of any certain number that I needed or uh, anything like that. But the number of listeners out there and the support that it's it's gained is actually definitely went above my expectation. Um, you know, I, I'm excited to do it for, for years to come. So uh, anyways, uh, our last episode that we released was the legendary, the GOAT, Rick Goodman. <laughs> Uh, Shane, do you get any feedback from people on Rick's? No, I've not really talked to that many people, which I don't really talk to. Probably a lot of people to listen, listen, get a chance to listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Coach Goodman, I mean, uh, he is who he is. Yeah. You know, and he's, he, not a, he's not a man of mean words no, at all. No, but the words he said, uh, you know, he's going to tell it like he feels. Yeah. I think a lot of people uh, enjoyed listening to it for sure. Um, so... Uh, what I originally planned on doing, you know, whenever we first did the podcast, uh, Neil was obviously one of the ones that I reached out to, probably the first text I sent about doing the podcast, and um, he may have even thought it was a dumb idea probably at the time, but uh, when I remember when I first asked him to be the first guest, you know, he was definitely a little hesitant on it, and, um, you know, I, I kind of talked him into it and told him that he would be a, a trial run. And me and you, Shane, we weren't great podcast hosts, yeah. definitely in the first one. We're still really not great, but I feel like we definitely got better, and I've been able to manage the time of it a little better. So when Neil recorded his first first episode, it was actually way back in September when we recorded it, uh, we kind of rushed through it, you know, because I had no idea how long it would take. Yeah. So, you know, there's so many things that in Neil's career that we just completely skipped over didn't even touch and it ended up being one of the shortest episodes of the season. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I told Neil, uh, when he agreed to come on episode one, that if it was, you know, not that great trial run that we'd re-record it. So, uh, we went ahead and released his episode one, which is great, but, uh, we're going to record his episode two and dive in a lot deeper to his career because, uh, you know, as I said, and if you've listened to episode one of his, Probably, the man probably has more basketball stories than anybody could. In a, how old are you, Neil? 44. <laughs> 44. I think he's been years. playing basketball a lot longer outside of high school than in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're glad to have Neil back. Um, again, he's not a stranger to us. So, um, one of my best friends in life. So, glad to have him back for part two. Neil, welcome back. Glad to be back, guys. Don't seem like uh, six months ago. No, uh, since you were in the hot seat. <laughs> yeah, time flies. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun and That's right. coaching at council, right? That's right. <laughs> um, so, you know, Neil, one part, you know, hopefully, again, if you're listening to this podcast, maybe a good idea to even go back and listen to Neil's part one. But we talked about his high school career, and we actually stopped. I stopped it on a pretty funny story about – uh, whenever you got to Brevard and you were uh, using the payphone <laughs> uh, to communicate to your parents and everybody, um, you know, talk about what it was like, you know, after that point of you being in the dorm, not knowing anybody, you know, uh, your coach was Coach Dudley Bradley, right? At, yes. At Brevard. So talk about that transition of actually getting started into practices and stuff. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, and the uh, first part of the podcast, you know, 
when I went to Brevard, I didn't know anyone. Uh, you know, mom and dad took me down there, dropped me off, and uh, the first first person I met besides Coach Bradley and the assistant coaches uh, were um, Shannon Miller, uh, my teammate. He was from Newfoundland, Canada. He was the first guy uh, I met. And, uh, you know, like we'll talk about in the podcast later on, there was a lot of UNC ties at Brevard uh, with Coach Bradley. Bradley played, right? Yeah, he played at Carolina. And uh, my roommate ended up, uh, he was from Charlotte Christian, uh, which is home of Steph Curry. Uh, but he played for Bobby Jones, which is a UNC legend. Uh, I had Jeremy Davis. I was a teammate at Brevard. His uh, uncle is Hubert Davis, that's which is now in the first year as Carolina's head coach. And uh, back to Shannon, he played at uh, St. Thomas More with uh, Ed Coda, which is a point guard, yeah. legend point guard at uh, Carolina. So, you know, meeting him, we kind of got, you know, that was the first person I met. He kind of helped me get adjusted. You know, he, he didn't know anyone either. Like I said, coming from Newfoundland, Canada. So is he uh, a – would he have been a freshman too? Yeah, he was a freshman. He was in the same class as me. Uh, and also Ben Warren, my roommate that played at Charlotte Christian for Bobby Jones, he was a freshman. I think there was five or six freshmen in that, that class uh, that I come in with. Uh, but, uh, you know, just getting acclimated to, I guess – being away from home, uh, being at college, uh, going to practice, uh, you know, it it took time. It was a big adjustment. Uh, so for the listeners out there, Brevard is that, it's JUCO, right? It was JUCO at so the time. Was that like, what conference would you have been in? And we, uh, they, way they do JUCO is it was uh, Region 10 is what we was in. And, uh, you have like it was basically all the teams were in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. So you haven't played any like local teams up here? Then? No. Okay. Uh, so like you're, you know, I, I know you have heard stories from you in the past about Dudley Bradley. Uh, he had pretty hardcore practices. Yeah, <laughs> we. Uh, Is that where you got your conditioning? Practices yeah, it's, uh, preseason conditioning was probably the toughest that that I had ever been through. Uh, we, uh, you know, we did everything was like Carolina uh, to a T. And if you've ever read the book, The Carolina Way. I definitely not. You need to try. <laughs> you need to read it. It's a good read. But I didn't read it till later on in life. And I, when I look back is everything that we did from preseason conditioning to practices to classroom stuff to uh, just everything, how everything was run was just like they did at Carolina. So I guess. Dean started that? Yeah, he started that. And uh, and I was actually at Brevard when Dean retired. I remember they, they come there to school and, you know, the news station in Asheville come there. You have a couple of cool pictures we'll share on social media of you playing in the Dean Dome, right? Yeah, that was, that was you know, being a Carolina fan my whole life, getting to play. We played my freshman year, we played – UNC JV at uh, Brevard. And then sophomore year, we returned the trip to. And the funny story about that is the night that we played, 
was Carolina Duke. At Duke? At Carolina. Oh, at Carolina. We, yeah, we played before them. How, 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 like, early before them? It was, I guess, air game was probably four o'clock or something. Hmm. But I remember as, leaving, it's one thing I remember is walking out the tunnel to get on Airbus. We had tickets, actually, but coach would not let us stay because we had a conference game at home the next day. <laughs> so we had to get back. <laughs> but crazy. I'll, I'll never forget this. We was walking through the tunnel and Wojo is the first one off the bus. And as we walk by, he's like getting off the bus and Coach K is right behind him and they're walking to it's, go to the crazy. I just shake his hand. No, I did not shake his hand. <laughs> you would have. I probably been. said some words under my breath and, you know, hope they lose. Who yeah. else was on? Would Leitner have been there at that time? Uh, no, no. Leitner would have been gone. I want to say well, Trajan Langdon. Yeah, was that was actually a, probably he? some of their down or closer to down years. Maybe yeah. I guess that would have been right before Battier and Boozer and Boozer's group. Probably. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Battier was there, but like Battier have been young. Yeah, I think I, I think Langdon was on that team. Yeah, probably so. Um, so, what do you remember about? You know, your first ever college game, you remember like, uh, the exact game? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I remember probably the first shot I took, too. Uh, uh, it landed about probably three rows up in the bleachers. Uh, I remember I caught it on the wing, and a guy closed out on me. I, sh I shot fake and took one dribble, and – Another guy come out of nowhere and just <laughs> swatted it. Yeah, put it up in about three rows up in the stands. So it was a little uh, different contest than in the BGA. Yeah, it was a little <laughs> different. Like I said, it was a big adjustment. You know, any level you play at at the next level, uh, the game gets faster. Every level you go up. Was there ever a moment in that game or any of your first few games where you were like, oh, you know, dang. This <laughs> is a little overwhelming. Yeah, this is overwhelming. Like, you know, I, I don't know if there was ever a moment like that. I, there was moments I'm like, I'm definitely not playing in the Black Diamond District anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I'll quote Rick, um, and don't take this offensively, but you were not the stoutest young man at that time. No, not at so, all. <laughs> were you just getting trucked in practice? Yeah, I, uh, I was told by several, uh, several times by Coach Bradley, Coach Hutch, uh, that I look like a pinball going down the lane. <laughs> when I make a pass, I would get bumped. And, I, you know, I'd get bumped one way, then I'd get hit another. So, you know, I definitely – between my freshman and sophomore year, though, I, uh, you know, we got in the weight room. Uh, like I said, preseason conditioning, uh, strength and conditioning was, was pretty strenuous. So, uh, I definitely got a lot stronger as my career went on. Uh, and I know – one one really funny story uh, that you've told me about Coach Bradley was the big ball story. Yeah, I, tell the listeners that. that was my freshman year. Yeah, that I guess that was a that moment more than any time you ask about the uh, I guess change of scenery. Yeah, scenery is when uh, we was playing. We played uh, at home and. How is the big ball story come about was we had jumped out on this team and got up by like 10 early in the first half. And uh, this guy for us hadn't had a dunk all year. He got on the break and he tried to dunk it and he missed it. Well, they went on a run. So we went down by like five at halftime. 
and the guy before coach come into the locker room, we was all sitting in there and um, Phil Tinsley was his name. He, he said, watch, he said, coach is about to rip me. <laughs> so we was in there for about five minutes. So all the coaches, they stay out and talk before they come in the locker room. He busts through the door and he goes straight at Phil. I mean, he was just telling him if he ever tried that again, he could pack his bags and go to the house. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting back in my locker. I'm like, man, I'm like, I feel bad for him <laughs> because he's, he's getting ripped. And I hear my name mentioned. And I was like, what is he talking? You know, why is he getting on me? So you're coming but, off the bench, right? Like at this point, I, Yeah, freshman. I think, yeah, freshman year. Yeah. I'd been coming off the bench. And, uh, so yeah, at this point, because later on my freshman year, that's when I, or starting point guard goes out, uh, broke his ankle but he uh starts saying that i'm not going to the ball in the press uh, they was pressing and uh so he keeps on and on and i just happen to glance up and he's got one of those i don't even know if they still make them anymore the big balls yeah. like to hope supposed to help you shooting the same size as the rim we had those and is it heavy too it's not really heavy. It's, no. I think it's the same weight as a normal ball. Does that actually help your shooting? I feel like it does. <laughs> I've shot with them. Have you ever shot no, with them? No, I've not actually. I never did like them. I, I think I don't it, even know what it looks like. No. I yeah, it's that. I mean it's same it's, weight and size, just yeah, huge. It's it's like that big. Dang. It's the same size as the hoop. So it's really? gonna be pretty much perfect. Yeah, and I think it's called big ball. <laughs> it's what it's called. And the next thing I know, he just fires it toward my head. I mean, and we're probably He's probably seven, eight foot away from me. And I'm sitting back in my locker because we had the lockers that you, you can sit into, back yeah. in. Yeah. And he throws it at my head and it just misses me and it goes back in my locker and just rattles <laughs> around. And I mean, I was shaking. We went back out after to warm up second half and I was shaking during warm ups. But we end up coming back. We come back and won that game. Uh, can't remember how many so we were. But yeah, it must have worked. What? <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a moment. Like I said, I definitely was shaking at halftime. So you mentioned the point guard got hurt, um, and then you stepped into a starting role in that year. Yeah, uh, it was the first conference game on the road. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday. Nineteen oh five on the clock. Uh, you know, I, I was playing about ten minutes a night probably, uh, as backup point guard. And, uh, he went down and at that time, we, you know, we knew it was his ankle. We just didn't know how severe it was. So it was at the Shannon Miller. Kid no, it was, uh, Todd Austin. Uh, he was a sophomore. He was Sounds like a council name. Yeah. Todd he, Austin. <laughs> yeah. He was the, uh, he was the sophomore that year. And, uh, he uh he went down with 1905. I come in uh, uh played the rest of that game and then the next day we had another road game and that was my first career start uh on the road and the rest of the season. I think he come back for the conference tournament, but the rest of that season I was playing 40 minutes a night and that's when I took my biggest jump as a player. Um uh, you think probably ever Ever, I think, yeah. as far as just how I developed, because we had two true point guards, you know, Todd and myself. And 
I went from, you know, I'd play 10 minutes, you know, if I didn't play well for those 10 minutes, I probably wasn't seeing much more than that. And some nights I might not see 10 minutes, Yeah. but I went to playing 40 minutes, no matter how many shots I missed, how many mistakes I made. Uh, I was the only guy that had, so I played through it. So, you know, anybody knows if you play the game and you just play loose and you know, you're not coming out, yeah. it makes you a lot better. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's what true. Um, yeah, one, one, another funny story I want to get to, I don't remember if this is your freshman or sophomore year, but uh, I'll always remember you talking about the, uh, story when you're wearing the Jason Kidd t-shirt. Tell the listeners about that. <laughs> yeah, that was freshman year, uh, because I guess after my freshman year, I learned a lot of stuff to not, not all these stories my... come from the freshman yeah, year. Yeah, this was freshman year, yeah. most of them. Uh, so the Jason Kidd story is. I was a Jason Kidd fan uh, back in the day. I think he was playing with the Mavericks actually at the time because the T-shirt the I had was he was with the Mavericks. And this is and, probably what, about 97, 98, right? Yeah, see, freshman year. Yeah, probably somewhere around 97 yeah. uh, because my freshman year would have been 96, 97. Uh, so um, I'd wore this shirt the, the whole time. Uh, during during like when we'd warm up uh or shoot around before before warm-ups and uh we just go on the road and one game it was at spartanburg methodist and uh we went out it wasn't even during warm-ups i had that shirt on went out warm up so this is pre-warm-up yeah this yeah. is pre-warm yeah, just around. you know yeah. we got shoot there around. i put put my shirt on because you know during regular warm-ups i never wore it i just yeah. worked to shoot around in and uh, so I go out there that don't think nothing about it. Coach comes in the locker room before we go out for warmups. And he's like, yeah, guys, he's like, uh, first things first. Uh, he's like, we don't play for Jason Kidd. <laughs> and there was a guy I had on a South Carolina t-shirt. He's like, we don't play for South Carolina. And a guy had on a Charlotte Hornets shirt. He's like, we don't play for the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> he's like, but we'll take care of that at practice tomorrow. And I'm like, oh my gosh, because I knew what that meant. Yeah. I knew that after practice, us three was we going to be, be running. And I don't know if I've ever run sprint-wise. I mean, it was, it was he run us probably for a solid hour. Uh, but again, it goes back to he was the Carolina way. You didn't wear stuff, especially like, I mean, outside of, you know, the games and practice, whatever you can wear, whatever. But when you're in that it, team, that was, when you're setting. in the team setting, you wore your school stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and that's just the way it was. And like I said, all this stuff that happened, I, I learned early on. I run two times for, I guess, what you would call punishment. That was one of them. And the other one was uh, we did this thing each week. You had to turn in a progress report report on Friday evening. You had till Friday evening at 12 o'clock uh, midnight uh, to turn it in. It was all it was, was did you have any tests this week, grades and stuff, so you, you could he keep up with your academic. This is pre standard. pretty big time internet to where probably the cases yeah. now get. Yeah, just go on email it. or something. Yeah, just, but we had, it was a paper, like, you know, sheet of paper like we got here. Yeah. And you it had everything down. You write down if you had any tests, what you made on them, and you turned in. 
Well, this was after season my freshman year, and I mom picked me up from school on Friday after my last class so I could come back home. And I totally forgot to turn my progress report in. And when I got back Monday, even though it was out of, out of season, I still, I was in the gym, had to run sprints. <laughs> this is after your freshman year. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. So those are the, the two times that I had to run for punishment while I was, while I was in school. Didn't you, uh, like overall at Brevard, you all had a lot of success, right? This first year. Yeah, we, we had really good teams and that's what a lot, you know, a lot of people outside, I guess, looking in, uh, Juco, I mean, there's some players in junior college, uh, you know, and I, I think it's more now it's more saying with social media, I think you see a lot more uh, like people broadcasting, but back then, you know, you didn't know a lot about junior college. Uh, but yeah, we, my freshman year, we, we wasn't as good. Uh, I think we was 15 and 12 or something like that. 15, 13. I, I'm not sure. Uh, but then, uh, sophomore year, uh, we was really good. I mean, uh, and you were full-time starting at this point, uh, off and on we freshman point guard come in. He was player of the year in South Carolina. So, uh, me and him kind of split time, uh, yeah. but coming into my sophomore year, I was the projected starter. And then, like I said, you know, we kind of battled all year. Uh, so that probably made you better too. Yeah, it did. Uh, like I said, he, he was about five, eight. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was tough case on more. And so the, uh, Sophomore year, we won. Uh, we won the region. Uh, we was eighteen, and I think we finished the season eighteen and nine that year, nineteen and nine, something like that. But we won the region, and the way they do it in JUCO is, after we won the region, we had to play the winner of another region to go to the JUCO national championship in uh, Hutchinson, Kansas. And we had played the cab. They was out of Atlanta. We had played them twice regular season. We split with them. The cab is it? The cab. Yeah, the cab is what what they was called. They was right in the heart of Atlanta, and we had split with them. We beat them at home. They beat us at the cab, and uh, so we go down there. We had to play them at the cab to go to the national tournament, and uh, they wore us out. <laughs> They, they had a guy come off the bench, hit like eight threes. Uh, uh, they had, I think they had three or four guys off that team uh, go D1. Uh, so, yeah, they were loaded. Uh, but we just, we didn't play well. Uh, it was a disappointment. Uh, that was one goal I had to go to the JUCO National Championship. And another goal was, or not, not a goal, but why I was disappointed was, uh, Coach Bradley had already said if we won on our way to Kansas, we was going to stop at uh, in Indiana and practice at at that time. I, th- I guess it was Conseco because no, yeah. you know where he was in the NBA. He knew Bird, 
So, so Bird was coaching the Pacers at this time? Yeah, I think he was coached then. Yeah, so We cool. was going to stop there and practice on the way. Who's your hero, right? and, Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm lifelong Larry Bird fan. Uh, I was like, so I'm finally going to get a meeting. And, you know, he told us this before the game or before that week. Uh, he had told us that, and then we ended up not making it. So it was, it was a disappointment. Uh, but overall, like I said, it was it was a good good season, good career. Uh, you know, at, uh, I have a lot so of good memories. at the JUCO level, you know, back then or even now, like um, I guess you can only speak from your experience, though. Was there a lot of me top players like that? You dealt with not necessarily at Brevard, but – because that's a lot of people's goal is just to make it out. Right? Yeah, so. it, though, most of those guys that's at JUCO is there for a reason. Uh, and, yeah, it's – and that, I think that's one thing that made me better too is you got to compete every day at practice because if you don't – if you have an off day, there is that many more people yeah. trying, trying to take your – very important. Yeah, because they're trying to get out. Yeah. Uh, like I said, they're there for a reason, and you know it may be numerous. It may be disciplinary reasons. It may be grades. It may be to you know. From my aspect, it was I needed to get you stronger. Yeah. I needed to develop. Uh, you know, I was a late bloomer, <clears throat> so I needed that years those years to develop. Yeah, if you uh, if you're a basketball fan for the listeners out there, if you've not watched Last Chance, you uh, you know, yeah. the football is great. I love football, but I'm a basketball fan too. And the basketball is just really good. Yeah, uh, it is. It really explains that. Yeah, I was going to say, it gives you a very good idea of kind of how and it I works. Think, I think as a head coach, that would have to be one of the toughest head coaching jobs you could ever have. So you got to be a, t- a tough individual. Yes, to... you got to be a tough individual and get people to buy into. Because yeah. your job rests on team success, but – you know, you, you're, you're going to have probably a handful of guys that. Yeah. They're, they're just there. And, and I, and I see both sides yeah. to it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you got to, uh, the, like I said, the coach's job is to get wins, especially at the college level. Yeah. You know, you don't win then your job's on the line. Yeah. Uh, as a player, your, your job, you're wanting to get out. So after your career, you know, came to an end uh, after your sophomore year at Brevard. What was uh, kind of your options and, like, what were you exploring at that point or was anyone looking at you directly? Uh, yeah, after two years at uh, Brevard, you know, I had had several options. Uh, not a ton, but I had several options. You know, I still had some schools that was, you know, recruiting me from high school. Uh, but – you know, it come down to uh, just, you know, deciding what I wanted to do, uh, you know, and coach Orlando Early, which had recruited me when I was at council. Uh, that was the first time he had contacted me was after the Mount Zion game at Virginia High. And he stayed in contact and recruited me all through uh, why is it Brevard? Because Brevard is pretty close to Western anyway. Yeah, close Western North Carolina. Yeah, it's. I think it, if you go across the mountain, uh, maybe 45, 50 minutes. But if you go back out and down, I, I can't even remember the what the. Yeah, the. But it's probably about an hour in between. But uh, yeah, I just decided to go over there and 
play for Coach Hopkins. And uh, actually, Coach Early, he ended up leaving uh, my red shirt year over there. And uh, so he he left. I think he went to UNC Charlotte. Uh, so you had the chance to, like Western D1 uh, schools, that, that had to mean a lot. Did you also have the opportunity to have went to like a, a D2? Or yeah, a I had uh, I had Limestone, uh, Limestone, Catawba. I don't know if y'all heard of Catawba mm-hmm. or yeah. Limestone. I think they're in, I think both of them's in the sack now. I can't remember what they was then. Uh, it was Pikeville back then, U-Pike, which later on uh, my junior year as we go through is, uh, I was about after in the middle of my junior year, uh, I was about to go to Pikeville because I knew uh, Coach Randy McCoy real well. He had recruited me some uh, while I was at Brevard, uh, actually when I was at Council too. And uh, Townsend, I'd went to a uh, JUCO uh, camp. It was like an exposure camp in between my freshman and sophomore <clears throat> year at Brevard. And Townsend had, uh, they're up it's in Baltimore, I think, uh, is where they're at. So, uh, but I had some more options and, uh, but like I said, I, our assistant coach, Robert Hutchison, uh, which I'm still really close to this day, he played at Western. So he had a big influence too. Your assistant uh, at Brevard. Yeah. He, uh, he played at uh, Western Carolina. Um, he was in the late eighties. Uh, so, you know, me and him have a really close relationship and, you know, that's where I just felt comfortable. And uh, uh, Coach Hop, he was a great guy. And uh, like I said, my red shirt year, uh, I really grew more as a player from the mental aspect. And, you know, a lot of times, it, as you both know, when you're playing, you're you're focused on playing the game. As you're red shirting. You, watch you, you get a watch from a different perspective yeah. and it, it helped me a lot to understand, okay, I don't have to worry about going in the game. I can sit here and watch what, what yeah. I need to do. And also I think it helped me as far as my, when I got into coaching too, so I could watch coach what he did in certain situations. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, it uh, it was an easy transition. Uh, like I said, coming from JUCO to to Western, uh, it was a bigger jump for me from Council to Brevard than it was from Brevard to Western. Like you said, JUCO man, you got you have some I'm tough kids yeah, in there, and you it, got. And like I said, they're all hungry. Yeah, they're all like like you said, they're trying to get out. They're trying to further their career. So uh, there are definitely some players. I think when I was coming through, one of the big JUCO players that you heard of in the country was Sean Marion. Oh, he yeah. played at uh, – Crazy shot in the yeah, world. Yeah, my roommate actually at Western, uh, he played against Sean Marion because he played he played JUCO. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit. Uh, Ricky Slick Gandy, uh, he played at Western Nebraska. That was my roommate uh, my senior year. And he played against Sean Marion. He always talked about how how tough he was in uh, junior college. Had a pretty solid NBA yeah, career. Yeah, pretty healthy career for the Suns and different ones. <clears throat> uh, and at Western, it wasn't Jarvis Hayes. Uh, for the listeners, Jarvis is 
Um, had a solid NBA career. Lottery right? pick. Yeah, lottery pick. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. a lottery pick in '03 with LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, crazy thing about uh, Jarvis, and uh, he's got a twin brother Jonas. Uh, they're both into coaching now. Jarvis uh, just got done playing Gonzaga in the uh, yeah, NCAA State. tournament. Yeah, he's assistant coach at Georgia State. Um, and Jonas is actually assistant at Xavier right now. But they come to Western. They was uh, they're twins, and uh, Jarvis could have went probably went anywhere in the country. Uh, well, yeah, he actually could. But Jonas, he was more of a um, I guess kind of he was a late bloomer, but Jarvis he was ranked nationally. They were very uh, different players too. Yeah, very different games. Uh, Jarvis wing player, super athletic. Jonas was more of a post player, uh, but great player. Uh, both of them was great. But uh, the thing about it was there was only two or three schools that would take them both as a as a package deal and. Uh, they decided to come to Western, which they was really close to Chad Dollar, which was their assistant coach at the time at Western. His brother, Cameron Dollar, I don't know if y'all remember him. He played at UCLA when they won national title. I think he's the head coach at name. Washington University now. I'm pretty sure he is. But Chad Dollar, they was real close with him, so they come to Western. Well, Jarvis, his freshman year, just killed the SoCon. I mean, he... I think he led the conference in scoring as a freshman. Uh, Jonas, all freshman team. And uh, then we had a coaching change. Coach Hop got uh, let go. And uh, Jarvis and Jonas was really close to him too. Coach Dollar got let go. And, and in college, most time when your head coach gets let go, yeah, more staff. likely the whole staff's gone. Yeah. And that's the way it was in this situation. So they both had good freshman years, and they both left to go to Georgia. I think Jarvis left after his junior year. Yeah, they both had really good careers at uh, Georgia, but Jarvis, he earned a draft. And what was he, the? 12 or 13, something like that. Something like, I think 13th pick, maybe. on the notes. 10, yeah, it was to the Wizards. He went to the Wizards. Um, you think? LeBron, Carmelo, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Yeah, what are people good. taking in front of him? Uh, what do you remember about your first, uh, you know, your first, like, actually playing moment? Like, he really stands out to you? Uh, my first playing moment, uh, like I said, my red shirt year, you know, it was – I'm not asking cold. necessarily the first time you got in the game, but just, you know, yeah. what's, what's something that just stands out Stands to out to me. Uh, I guess what stands out is uh, – I was trying to think, gosh. Because, I mean, I know you've told me stories about, like, you all played, uh, you played, like, at Marquette, didn't you? Yeah, that you was played, my senior year. Uh, you played, uh, didn't you play Steve Francis at Maryland? Yeah, that was the, that was my red shirt year. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, that was not, <laughs> that was not a game you want to remember. Uh, those those ones you want to erase. But, yeah, they, they beat us by, like, 50 or 60. That was Maryland when they had. Yeah, the Maryland. They had you Steve Francis. No, I was red shirt. They had Steve Francis, Laurent Prophet. All I remember, well, Francis, I mean, he was he was on another level. But uh, I remember Laurent Prophet. I remember after the game, them saying, they looked at the stat sheet and he had 
14 points. And then one of the coaches said he had seven dunks. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was a highlight reel for them. <laughs> uh, definitely not a game that I want to remember. But, uh, yeah, my junior year, uh, I had a pretty good preseason. Hurt my ankle really bad uh, during my junior year and never could really get it back to where I was very mobile at all. Um, and again, I was playing behind Jarvis. Uh, and But uh, then my senior year had coaching change. And like I said, a lot of ups and downs at Western because you go through a coaching change. Uh, like I said, you know, uh, just adjusting to another school. Um, and, um, injury, like I said, my, my junior year, uh, uh, my ankle, I just never could uh, get back to where I felt in it. I heard it in the preseason. I never could get it back to where uh, I needed it to be. And then my senior year with the coaching change, you know, it's kind of like I had new life. Uh, and going back to my junior year, though, I was talking about Pikeville, is I almost transferred during my halfway through my junior year because, like I said, I was kind of down. Uh, you know, I was dealing with the injury. I was not getting a lot of minutes. So I kind of contemplated leaving and I uh, just talked to the coaches. I had a really good relationship with, like I said, Coach Dollar at the time, uh, Coach Hop. I talked to my mom and dad and I just felt like it was best for me to at least wait till after Christmas and wait till after the year and see what happens. And uh, so going into my senior year, like I said, we, after the season, after my junior year, we had a coaching change and uh, Stacy leave Stacy Irvin. That was during my red shirt year. Yeah. He left during Christmas. My, been my the year before that. Yeah. He left at Christmas and uh, he went back to Wise and had a really good career there. Uh, but now his freshman year, he had he had he was I think he made all freshman team in the SoCon, so yeah. he had a really good freshman year. And then you know he just kind of got lost in the mix sophomore year, and uh, but he left. And then like I said, after my junior year, we had a coaching change, so I was kind of. You know, like, well, new life, you know, a lot of times new coach change, players leaving, you know, stuff. So I was, you know, I was like, well, you know, I'm I'm going to be here. And we got Steve Sharina and uh, Duger Balkum, which is at Citadel. Now he's the head coach at Citadel, was at VMI with uh, when they had Reggie Williams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was head coach at uh, – at uh, VMI at the time, but uh, yeah, senior year, like I said, I played, uh, played, I moved to the two, you know, I played the point at Brevard my whole career, then they moved me to the two at Western, and because our point guard, when I got there, he was just a freshman, and, and he, he started, I think, all four years at Western, Casey Rogers, and so I moved to the two, and uh, like I said, I really like Coach Serena. He was he was hard nosed coach, but uh, he played at St. John's and played for Luke Cornish. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, so probably not seventies or eighties. Uh, early eighties. No. Is, yeah, when he played there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I had you know with him, 
like I said, he was hard nosed. He didn't, he wasn't cutting no slack, but uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and my, at Marquette, you was talking about Marquette. That was the first career start I'd had at, at Western. And uh, we, uh, we played them pretty close. We had a our senior year. It was a rough year as far as wins, losses. We had a lot of close losses. Uh, I think we ended up like like six and twenty five. So it was it was a rough season. But now we played Marquette pretty close. I think we we lost by twelve. And uh, at that time they had Brian Wardell, and I he was the leading scorer I think until Marcus Howard I think recently broke it. I think he y'all know if he's I think he's the leading scorer sure there now. But at that time, it was Brian Wardell. But a uh, funny story about uh, Marquette was, and I didn't know this until years later, was, and I guess if we'd had social media, we might have known. Did. Yeah, I would definitely know. But I got out the media guy. It was probably 10 years later. And I was just flipping through it. And I saw Dwayne Wade's name in there and he was on the team but he was red shirt yeah. that year but you know i didn't know who Dwayne wade was no. at the time because you know there was no if if it had been today's time you'd have definitely know if, yeah. if d wade was on the team even if he was red shirt yeah you'd have knew you it's crazy known. that he red shirted because the following year when his freshman year was when they were so good wasn't it yeah i think so the final four, <laughs> I, I think what happened and I don't know this for sure, but I think he was what they called a prop 48. He was academic, had a big term ac now. academically ineligible uh, really? huh. coming in. Hmm. And that's what a lot that's why a lot of guys back then went JUCO. Yeah. We'll get, yeah. we'll ask him when we get him on the podcast next season. <laughs> we'll I want to be get, here when yeah, you get him on. We'll try to get D Wade on next year. But uh, you know, after Western, you know, and not to throw Western or not to say anything bad about it, but do you have any regrets of not transferring like back to Pikeville or Wise or somewhere? No, I you don't. You wouldn't do it over if you no. could flip the script? Uh, no, I wasn't at all. Uh, there's things I look back and I wish I did different. Uh, but, you know, I got, I got friends uh, and, made re and made relationships that span from here to – one of my teammates, he's from, he was from Turkey. He just messaged me the other day just to check in yeah. on me. And to me, that's, that's what it's all about. In yeah. the end, uh, you know, I've had a lot of experiences from basketball. I've got to do a lot of things, you know, uh, got to see a lot of places, but what means the most to me is the relationships and the friendships yeah. I've built. That's what the through, podcast is trying to do. Yeah. I think experiencing division one basketball alone, almost would make it worth it just yeah just to it, kind of be there and run all the environments and stuff like that yeah it uh, like i said i i wouldn't change anything uh about about my decision uh, because like i said in the end you know years down the road uh you know it's just like us you know basketball has brought us together you know yep. we got a friend a lifelong friendship and like i said i heard you say it travis before uh about your phone if you go through your contacts i'm pretty it's like me yours if is I, probably way more expensive if i go than through mine. my contacts i guarantee you every one of them has something linked to basketball probably for you definitely yeah. about every one of them yeah that's for sure 
Uh, yeah, I know. I remember whenever me and you were out in California a few years ago, and you just randomly had a teammate out there. Uh, didn't he come pick us up or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we were stranded somewhere and needed I, a ride, and he yeah. came and got us. Or uh, is that right? Arion Arion. Yeah. yeah, he lives in Asheville now. Actually, I talk um, to him. We talk all the time. Uh, actually, I just seen him. Uh, seen him the video yesterday. That's why I was asking. He was the guy. Oh, he asked me about the. Uh, Cause he was talking about Greenberg. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so I seen him at video yeah. and, uh, that's why I was looking for it. But yeah, super guy, um, you know, and, and I met him, you know, it's been over 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, so after, you know, again, like we've said on this podcast, you are definitely the most basketball junkie um i've ever uh ever met right shane yeah. so you know after you got done playing you know in college you went into teaching right like is yeah. that that's 100 what you knew you yeah. wanted to do teaching coach and just talk a little bit about you know your next transition after college you know you're you're different than a lot of people which you know brad talked about on his podcast after his college career he went and played you still had goals to keep playing in different capacities right yeah. So talk about the transition in your mind of, you know, graduating college, going into the real workforce, but also, you know. Continuing to play at the yeah. same time. Uh, yeah, I guess after after it was all over, yeah, Western, you know, season ended and everything, it, you kind, it kind of hits you hard then. You're like, where do I go now? But, you know, I knew that I wanted to continue, if at all possible, I wanted to continue to try to play. Um, you know, I, I, I got, I signed an agent as soon as I could, um, to try to, try to help me out. Uh, and I kept him for like, like a year, year or so, uh, and things just didn't work out. He had me a deal when I first come out of college, I was, he had a deal with me and a big guy that he represented was supposed to went to New Zealand, uh, to play and it fell through right for, uh, we are supposed to to go over there, and how sketchy is that? Yeah, it, an agent been like, yeah, there, here's this random country. You're gonna fly to this random place. Yeah. You don't know. Anything. Yeah, well, the the agent was actually he was based out of South Dakota. So a lot, you know, I never had met this guy. So oh, I was God. just we was communicating at that time. You know, the internet was still. Young. I was I was young yeah. in the internet age. So you're uh, still young in the internet age. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> I, at that time you probably weren't even thinking about maybe this guy's trying to pull it over. Yeah. Now that's all you would think about is, yeah. you know, how real is this? And as time went on, that's why I let him go is because I started hearing from other people, hey, you may not want to deal with right. this guy. So, you know, after I got rid of him, I talked to a couple other agents, but I pretty much did everything on my own. And, you know, I know Travis, he, you know, he's experienced going to tryout camps with me. Uh, in Indianapolis one time, but I went more than once. <laughs> yeah. If I could, I can't even count how many places I've been and how many tryout camps I've been to. Uh, but when I first got done at Western, the it, at that time it's called the MBDL, the D League. Yeah. Uh, now it's the G League. They had six teams. They was all based in the South, and Asheville had a team which was. At that time, they did what they called a lot of catered players. And they would take a few players from each. Like if there was a school around 
like say Asheville, we had us and UNCA was there close by. They would assign like say, like, you know, like me went to Asheville where, you know, they allocate you, but that don't mean you're going to be on the team. Right. They brought me in one or two days and they're like, you go, you know, so it's pretty much it's, there was probably, you know, they probably brought in, I can't remember how many, there was several guys other than the allotted guys. Then you have guys coming in that they just brought in. Uh, and those tryout camps, like from my personal experience going there, you go in and there's hundreds of guys yeah. and you probably have, you know, some great guys that just don't even get noticed at all yeah. because like you, you do some drills or whatever, and then they split y'all up and you play right. and it is one pass and a jack. Yeah. Most yeah. Of the time. And again, everybody's out there competing yeah. for a job. Yeah. You know, uh, you don't, but, you don't have a lot of, you know, uh, nobody running uh, plays. No, that's, yeah, that's the thing that always got me at, at most of those camps after you do, you, they do a few drills and you do some shooting drills and stuff, get loose. And when they divide you up, they give you a coach. And what got always got me was they would give you the same speech. Every time they'd say, guys, we're looking, we're looking for the guys that, you know, that moves the ball, make the extra pass, <laughs> no, you know, <laughs> and we're, they'll, they'll put in a couple sets and I'm sitting there thinking like, these guys are not going to run any sets <laughs> when we're out here when we're out here playing yeah. and uh, but yeah, you know, I've been to several of the D league um, tryout camps and, but the ones we talk about the tryouts, you know, there's hundreds of guys out there. The ones that I made it through, I knew pretty much going in, I'd already knew they'd already told me that I was going to be one of the ones. And that's why I said, when you go into the ones and you don't hear nothing, they don't give you nothing, you're probably not going to. But everyone, every team that I made or even made it to the final cuts, that's like I went to one right out of college in uh, D.C. It was with the USBL, which no longer exists. And Robert Parrish was the coach. And I made it to uh, the the final cut. And they ended up not, not taking me out of the the last 10 because it was something to do with, I don't know, they gave me some reason that what they was trying to get players that was somewhat in the DC vicinity. The DMV. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't make it through that, but that was the only one going in that I can think of that I was like, you know, I don't have a chance because there's 200 guys there, but I did make it to the the final cut. And then I played for, uh, Craig Hodges at one of the at one of the camps that was in Chicago, and uh, I thought for sure that I would make it. Uh, that I had a really good camp. It was like a two or three day camp, and Hodges even told me after after the camp was over, he's like, "You're a lot to make the the final cut." I think they took like 10, 15 guys. And I didn't make didn't make that one. So you know, I've I've been to a ton of those camps, and I've been told no a lot. <laughs> I've been sent home a lot. But I just you know, I just love competing. Just love try to you know continue to play. And like I said, I was fortunate enough to 
to be able to play a few more years. Uh, played with several teams. Uh, played in the WBA, the ABA, uh, Southern California Summer Pro League, um, the Euro Basket Summer League, uh, which we actually won at when that was in Vegas. We actually won that summer league. We what, a, what team was you with whenever you all went to China? Uh, I was with the ABA, the West Virginia Blazers. We played in China. And what was that like, like the cultural shock of – because is that, is that the only time you've been out of the country? Yes. What was, was it like playing in China? Uh, or being in China, rather. Very cold. Uh, gyms were not heated at all. I mean, it was – I would I would like had some gloves on. So is that I council mean, elementary the other day? Yeah, it, it, was, it was worse than that. A what, lot of pollution. What city was you in? You were... Chengdu. <laughs> Never heard Not too familiar with my Chinese. We, we flew in. We flew into Beijing, and then uh, then we bust. Uh, or no, we flew into Beijing. Then we had to catch another flight to uh, Chengdu. I think. What was I the teams like? The yellow playing? Were they pretty? They they were good. Uh, they had Sun Yu that was drafted by the Lakers. He was like. Chinese magic is what they call really? it. Yeah. <laughs> so they beat y'all? Uh, yeah. They was good. I think they had three in, at that time on that, that team. They had three NBA guys. Okay. Uh, so they was good. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a different world. That I, has to be your like number one cultural experience playing basketball, I guess. Yeah. It, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I probably lost 10 pounds over there because I – I you told me the food was bad. Didn't know what to eat. Luckily, I, I packed uh, a huge box of pop tarts. <laughs> uh, you know, so I had that, and I remember I ate watermelon. Their watermelon was pretty. Good. I was gonna say pop tarts is what the way Chinese food is the same over there as it no, is good flour. Not at all. I mean, the pollution was so bad. That's what got me. Like, it smelled so bad it's outside. Yeah, I, you can. I can eat. Uh, yeah, that, that's you're the only person I personally know that's actually been to China to experience that. <laughs> um, you know, one story, uh, or I always remember you playing for the Bristol Crusaders. Uh, you all played in Viking Hall, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, I used to go. This is right around the time whenever I started hanging out with you. I guess I was, I don't know, how old was I? Ten or something probably like that. Something like that. Yeah, probably yeah, ten or eleven, something like that. Uh, I remember uh, going to Gate City with you one night. <laughs> You remember that? Yeah. And uh, it was during one of the games. Like, I don't know why. Why did you play a home game at Gate City High School? Something was going on at Viking Hall, I think. And they just and, shifted yeah. it there. Yeah, we just moved it there. Uh, I remember they called me out to <laughs> half court in the middle of halftime. Or I, they called me to the scores table, and it was just my mom calling to check on me. <laughs> so I it was did, a blizzard or something. Yeah, it, it was a, a storm. storm like, or something, yeah. yeah. Almost a tornado, I yeah. think. Because didn't the power go out there? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, we had to uh, delay the game. But that, that overall, talent-wise, that may be one of the most talented teams I've ever played on. Yeah, who'd you have? Gerald Fields, Wadud, uh, had Ryan, yeah, Ryan Prillman. Uh, actually had Boomer Assassin's son. I think I remember played on that. that too. Yep, Sean Ward. Hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, but overall, talent-wise, that that might be one of the most talented teams I've played on. So this whole time, you know, while you're playing in all these leagues, uh, as we indicated earlier, you, you wanted to go into teaching and coaching. 
Um, was your intent always to go back to Buckhannon County or were you exploring other options, like applying different places? I, I think I wanted to go back home. Uh, I just, you know, I, I think the opportunity presented itself. Uh, you know, I started uh, actually subbing a little bit uh, when I was back home, when I got back home. And, uh, you know, it just started from there. And I think after, after a while subbing, uh, I think I started, I got a teacher's aid position. And I guess that just evolved into, you know, getting a teaching job. Eventually, I think it was like a year or so after that, uh, got a teaching job. But, uh, you know, it just kind of fell into place and, you know, council's home. So, you know, I really, I'm still there today. So it, uh, I you're, can't, you're I can't imagine, <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine being anywhere else. Uh, uh, you know, that, I guess during that time was the first time that I ever like really got to know you and, and meet you. And, uh, I remember the first time ever meeting you, do you remember it? Or not meeting you first time I ever saw you in the basketball gym, I feel like up the high school. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll tell the story. So I uh, walk in the high school, me and Isaac, my cousin Isaac, and you were shooting. And, you know, if anybody's ever saw Neil shoot, you know, he strokes it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he probably made, you know, however many threes in a row. And we, we were sitting there thinking you were God, man. And uh, the ball must have bounced up on the stage or something. And you went up there to get it. And I remember me and Isaac saying, shoot it from there, man. You can't hit it from there. And you shot it one-handed, underhanded. You remember that? And yeah, you stroked I it. I mean, obviously, oh, it, was, it was a lucky shot, right? Yeah, it was. But, but it was just, uh, it blew my 10-year-old mind <laughs> whenever it happened. Yeah, I do remember. It was on the end when you, out toward the hallway. Yeah, toward the hallway yeah. end, yep. Yeah, I remember that. But, you know, if anybody knows me, too, I, I guess it was, I'm surprised that I even, even shot it I from there. Because... You know, people. I, I've never. People say shoot it from half court, and my I always my saying is I can't see that far. I just I don't do that. Uh, I, yeah, I guess as long, a, Shane, as long as you've known, you know, have you ever saw him shoot a non-game shot? No. Yeah. I mean, you are the yeah, game should, shot yeah. king. <laughs> That's definitely where I learned that. You know, growing up, yeah, is don't should. shoot a shot you're not going to shoot in the game. Uh, but I always remember that story. But also uh, during that time, you're uh, helping Rick coach, right? Rick yeah. Goodman still at council on the varsity staff, and you were just uh, a volunteer. Was you getting paid as an assistant? I think time? I was volunteer. volunteer yeah, I was volunteer at that time. Uh, and we told the story uh, on probably a couple incidents in this podcast when you took over that one game. We're giving, getting tossed. Yeah. Roger Deal yeah. looking at you. That was, a, that was probably a, Tell what you remember about it. That might be the most nervous I've ever been <laughs> anything dealing with basketball. Really? Uh, yeah. Looking back. So Rick gets ejected. He told it on the last podcast. And from your perspective, what happens then? I was sitting on the end. Of the, I come to just watch the game. I was helping out, but I wasn't sitting on the bench. Uh, every now and then I would, but I, I don't even know if I sit on the bench any. I just, I would go to practices, help him out when I could. And uh, I come to watch the game. And I remember I was down there talking to uh, Willie Sullivan, which was the principal at the time. And uh, we was talking about the game or whatever, and I noticed Rick got ejected. Johnny Altizer threw him out. 
So I, you know, I'm still sitting there because they had uh, Roger Deal and uh, I'm not sure who else was. Maybe Danny Rastin. Danny Rastin maybe was helping at the time. And uh, next thing I know, Roger Deal comes down there and says, Rick sent word down. He's wanting you to take over. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I, I just come to watch the game. <laughs> he said, no. He said, he wants you to take over. And I was like, all right. So for, I get down there. First thing I do, I call timeout. And I get the dry race board. We was we was down at the time. And uh, this is Kent and DJ yeah. Barton's team, right? Yeah. I guess that would be in their junior year. I think so, yeah. They yeah. probably Rick's last year there. Junior year. James, James year, was on that team. Because I remember year, James yeah. got he got upset at me because I took him out late in the game or something. I think he's in foul <laughs> trouble. But uh, I got the dry race board and I was trying to draw up something and I was so nervous I could not hold my hand still. I mean it was <laughs> shake I was shaking so bad because I was like, Rick's called on me to take over this game. And we're down right now, and he's expecting me to bring us back. And I don't stop much. And as but, we told in the previous podcast, Rick may have been watching you from the crow's nest. I'm pretty there. sure. I'm pretty sure he was. <laughs> he probably had binoculars trying to see what you was drawing up. Yeah, and uh, we we come back and and won that game. Uh, but maybe that had to be an awesome feeling. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was like, well, one and zero as a coach. <laughs> uh, but then. So, so he had to see it the next game. And I can't remember if it was the next night or there was a day in between, but we played Grundy. And so Rick had never lost to Grundy, oh, you know, and here I am again. I'm like, Rick's counting on me. And He's going to kill me if I lose this one. Yeah, he, he <laughs> definitely will. And I can't remember what it was at that time. He was probably – in the 20s, yeah. I guess. Pro, well, it was his last year at council, I guess. Probably, yeah. Or so maybe he, next last year at council, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, he would have been in the 20s. 20s. 30, yeah. yeah. So, Grundy had us beat. And was Theo Justice on the team? He may have been, but they had us beat. And we somehow come back and won that game. And I was never so relieved in my life. <laughs> Uh, but that was, I, you know, started out my coaching career 2-0. Uh, that, and I didn't coach anymore, I guess, until. So you weren't like, coaching JV that year? No. So, yeah, that would have probably been the year before, or the, like, two years before Rick left. Because yeah, actually, year, it would have. Yeah. yeah, that would have been. I said their junior year, but, yeah, it would have been. Their sophomore year. Sophomore year. Senior year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so then it was that next year, actually, that you uh, – Became the JV coach then, right? Yeah. Because I, I want to say that you were JV coach one year before I was on JV. Because I remember I kept stats that year. Um, yeah. Like you had probably like Robin Tiller on that team. And uh, yeah. my cousin Justin Helton yeah. was on that team. <laughs> I, or Pat Combs. Pat did, do, do you play only one year JV so, for me? Oh, one year for you. Yeah. yeah. Who is the JV coach your second year? J Rat. J Rat. That's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, another story that I wanted to share was, uh, you know, whenever me and you, I was going with you to those camps. Uh, I remember specifically, you know, Shane, who was my favorite player back in the NBA? Alan Iverson. Yeah, Alan Iverson. So 
uh, I remember this is right around the time, you know, I guess I'm 10, 11, and I'm starting to work at basketball with you, you know, getting into it. And first off, whenever I would go to the gym with Neil, you know, Neil would always have to have 20 makes from each spot, you know. So I'd sit there and rebound my butt off, you know, give him perfect passes. Oh, from yeah. passes. If it was, you know, in the wrong spot, he'd get on to me. And then it'd come my turn, and instead of 20 makes, I'd get five shots. <laughs> make spot. or miss. Yeah, make or miss. It didn't matter. Right? But, I, I uh, did, at that time, I didn't want you to get incorrect form. So <laughs> lower volume shots, yeah. you know, you keep I should at least form. got 10 shots. <laughs> but uh, back to my Allen Iverson story, I mean, I was obsessed with him. I had the shoes. I had the headband. I had the arm sleeve, the, the, arm the armband on the, the other side. I even remember I had the uh, the finger sleeve. No idea what the finger sleeve does, <laughs> but I remember, uh, you know, I would I would wear it down to the gym. You know, I never played actual real games and all that stuff, but I remember in Little League, you know, I'd come down to work with you and I'd have that gear on, and obviously you'd give me a hard time. <laughs> you know, but you probably, in my mind, I feel like you let it fly in the gym. But the, the funny story was whenever I went, I went with you and DJ to Indianapolis and, you know, we'd been a day at the gym, you know, sweating or whatever. So we probably went up to the hotel and showered and got ready. And I remember you all were waiting in the car and I come down from the hotel and we're going to Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. And I've got on the full headband, arm sleeve, finger sleeve. <laughs> in your street clothes. Yeah, in my street clothes. And I get in the car and Neil's like, no. Short <laughs> stop. Yeah. You're like, you're like, it making fly in the gym, but you're like, you're not wearing it to Texas or no, we can't go out in public like that. <laughs> do you remember me taking it all off to go in? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Uh, that's a funny one. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know, talk about back to your coaching career. Um, talk about, you know, those first couple of years at JV. What was that? What was that was like? Uh, you know, like I said, uh, started out 2-0, and so I was feeling pretty good about my coach, beginning my coaching career. Um, but JV, uh, first year, uh, it was rough. Uh but, you know, I come in, I, I wanted to, you know, I played for Rick, uh, played for Coach Bradley, played for Coach Serena, um, played for a lot of different coaches. So I took some of what all coaches, I learned from all those coaches, I took some and tried to implement on how I want, wanted my teams to, to be. And, uh, you know, I think, like, you know, with the JV, you know, I started out basic, you know, we, we was fundamentals and I know you probably too remember, you know, we did a lot of drills and we, uh, I was probably pretty strict, uh, you know, but that's, that's the way I was taught. And, you know, I, I just didn't know any other way. And, you know, I was young at the time. I look back now and I probably thought I knew everything and I didn't. Uh, I think most coaches do. Yeah. Like you just, you you feel like you know, and then when you get in, you're like, dang, yeah. you know, and then it's, you look back. A, it's and a different world. There's uh, things you learn uh, that definitely tactically, you know, and all that. Um, but, you know, you said the first year on JV, y'all, pretty bad. Yeah, it was, then, it was a struggle. Uh, like I said, I guess we had – I can't remember who had been coaching. Like you said, maybe Danny Rasnick was the coach before. Maybe. JV coach before me. 
I want to say it's right, but I'm not for sure. Him or Roger Deal won. But I guess, you know, some of them had played for them. So it was like, again, a coaching change. So uh, we, you know, we, we got better as the season went on. Rick's still the head coach there at this time. And then, you know, I played for you the next JV year. I mean, Shane both, right? I remember, didn't we have like 15 people on the team? Yes. Yeah, yeah we I, was, had, I was with the 13th man. Yeah. Yeah, we had several on the team. And that was – we won We won a few games that year. I remember, you know, a couple highlight wins of that year. Yeah. Uh, told the Mark Cooper on the podcast we beat Hurley in an epic JV game. Mm-hmm. You promised to go take us to mm-hmm. Coach Carter. Still, still waiting on that trip. Still waiting on that trip. I'm going to have to buy the DVD. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, we'll bring it over to – bring you over to the house. And yeah. the heartbreaking – Hunter Simpson half court. Yeah, yeah, that one still hurts. Yeah, for the Twin Valley listeners out there, we we'd never beaten Twin Valley, and you know they were rivals to us. And uh, Hunter Simpson hit a half quarter to beat us, didn't he? Yeah, banked, banked it. Yeah, banked it in. That uh, like I said, that was one. That's one that still hurts. Yeah, uh, you know, still Amanda Bossick's fault. I think. Yeah, let the clock run a little yeah. too long. Or I don't think Amanda Bossick was probably a podcast listener, but if she is, <laughs> I still blame her for that loss. <laughs> Yeah, we gave her a hard time after we uh, was able to even speak. It was a long time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we uh, we definitely got better that year, though, I thought, as the year went on. And you could tell your group was going to have some success. Yeah, we uh, – yeah, it was most of our younger groups, you know, because that would have been my first year of eighth grade, and we decided to hold back. Um, and that was whenever – uh, the big change at council happened. You know, we talked about it on the last podcast. Rick uh, unexpectedly left council. You know, uh, no one really seen it coming. And you were given the varsity head coaching opportunity. So, like, was that whenever Rick left, you know, you talked about the feeling of just stepping in for a game. What was it like? Because, you know, for the listeners out there, Council had quite a bit returning, you know, uh, that your first year. You had DJ Barton, Caleb Epling, Wade Jackson, all those guys were seniors coming in that year. Very senior heavy, right? Yeah. Uh, what was that like, you know, stepping in? Was it something that you were dying for or was it just kind of thrown no, on you? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, if it was open, I would uh wanted the job, but – uh, there's no feeling Rick given the shoes. <laughs> so uh, you know, they, those shoes cannot be filled. Uh, I just wanted to come in and try to keep what he had established somewhat. Uh, I knew that I could not live up to his expectations or what he had accomplished uh, because those shoes are unfillable. Uh, but I just wanted to, to take what I'd learned from him and from all my coaches and implement it and and i seen what we had coming on jv and i knew like i said what was on varsity uh we had a good group uh and uh we started out the season good that uh i think we was five and oh went over to coburn five and oh and just seemed like the wheels fell off the bus after that game and that was against coach atkins right yep that coach was a atkins. crazy environment it was yeah great I, gym i remember i got a tech at game uh, <laughs> One of my several, my first few years coaching. Uh, so what was it like uh, coaching DJ that year? Uh, DJ was, you know, he was kind of like a little brother to me because I've been around him uh, my whole life. Uh, 
since he was a little bitty thing, I'd been around DJ. So, uh, you know, he, he was a great player. I think injuries hurt him a lot. Uh, you know, he loved basketball. Uh, I was probably a little hard on him at times uh, because, like I said, I, I considered him like a little brother. I felt like I could get on him a little, a little more than anybody else, but uh, probably too hard on him at times. Uh, Did he bring was, any of it on himself? Not DJ. <laughs> not DJ. <laughs> no, uh, no I, I love DJ to death. He, uh, like I said, I think a lot of him. And, uh, but uh, he, like I said, I think if he wasn't got injured, he would have definitely had a, a better career. Uh, he already, he had a good career, but uh, injuries, uh, and again, coaching change. I mean, uh, you know, he played for Rick all through, and that's like all the boys. Uh, I was glad they responded like they did to me because we, you know, we had a successful season. Uh, and I remember specifically, uh, we mentioned it very lightly in Rick's episode, but the first game when you played Rick in Twin Valley, <laughs> at Twin Valley, you've told that story that it was one of the most sickening feelings you've ever had. Y'all were down, what, 50 at one point? One of those games that you want to erase out of your memory as soon as you can. Uh, when you look up the scoreboard and it's 70 to 20, <laughs> and I, re I remember uh, Harry Presley was my assistant coach. I remember sitting there on the because I'd already got tech. Uh, and I told Harry after when I looked up 70 20, I said, I'm going to get through out of this game. I was like, I can't, I can't sit here no more. And he said, No, don't get through out. <laughs> I don't Harry, would, finish it, Harry would have had to finish it. And uh, but yeah, that was that was a sickening feeling. Uh, that game, but Twin Valley was good. Yeah, they were uh, great. They were they were a great team. Take nothing away from them. Uh, but I just felt like that we should have put up a better, uh, better. Games yeah, yeah, going in, fight. I thought we had a chance to win. Yeah, I, I did too. I, I've never went into a game thinking that I'm going to lose, uh, you know. But, you know, it's one, like I said, they was great. Uh, I just put a lot on my, I put a lot of pressure on myself, uh, not only that game, but every game. And I just felt like I'd let the team down because I felt like, I didn't prepare them. I'm not like going to speak for every coach, but I know for me and I know from, you know, being your best friend through the years that that happens a lot with young coaches. You you put so much pressure on yourself to win or lose games. And then you speak to, for example, Coach Atkins, who's been doing it four years and has finally learned to just, you know, let things go off your back a little yeah. easier, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. not put so much pressure on yourself. It's hard as a young coach. Uh like I said, I put, you know, and I still put pressure on myself uh, at 44 years old. But as a young coach, like I said, you think you know you ever, you think you know everything. Uh, you think you are probably better than what you are as far as a team, uh, which, you know, I, I want them to have confidence. I want to have confidence in them. Uh, but it's hard to be young and, and, get beat like that and not say, Hey, what could I do differently? Yeah. Uh, you know, during those uh, first few years of you coaching varsity, uh, you know, my team was young and man, we have some hilarious stories. It's, it'd be hard to go into every one of them. Uh, but one that I specifically remember, you did a very good job of trying to get us excited and take us to camps and stuff. 
and uh, you took it. Well, I think we went to Coastal Carolina twice. The first year was with Rick, but I think the second time you took us alone. And uh, our co co-host Chris Booby Tiller was on the trip, and uh, you know we gave him a hard time in high school, and um, he. I feel like you and the coaches' staff, he brought it a lot on himself, but you all also gave him a hard time too, right? <laughs> and uh, Shane, the funny story about Booby at Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah. Well, Booby is very the, – probably the pickiest eater on this earth, you know. He is, you know, cheese pizza, hamburger with no cheese on it, you know, plain Jane and – you can go yep. ahead and finish talking about that. Yeah, so, you know, he he absolutely hated Mexican. You know, he said that he would not eat Mexican. And the whole team, if we had 10 players, nine out of the 10, and the two coaches wanted Taco Bell, right? Is that how you remember? Yeah. That's... And talk about what happened at Taco Bell that day. Well, I, I guess Booby has a different side of the story. But we, you know, the majority – Decided to go to Taco Bell that day, and so Booby didn't want nothing to eat. He wanted to go somewhere else across the street. And at that time, you know, it wasn't like I just had money to hand out to each individual. And they had a card, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, he had to put it on a card, and he didn't understand that part of it. But <laughs> he wasn't yeah. financially independent. <laughs> <that way. laughs> and uh, I guess long story short is the people in there and the workers probably thought it was a father son <laughs> having an argument. And I, I remember just telling him you either get something to eat or we're going to send you back to council yeah. or you won't eat the rest of the day or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It but, was, it was basically like that. It was like, you know, like we were sitting over there eating and you all were arguing like a father and son. <laughs> Everybody was staring. Ended up getting uh, what was our bowl of chicken? Bowl yeah, of bowl of chicken. Yeah. And, and he st- still said it was too spicy for him. <laughs> but, you know, looking back, you know, I pro- we probably was too hard on Booby, but again, he's one that I love him to death. Uh, yeah. Still consider him a close, really close friend. Uh, Another funny story on that trip was whenever, uh, you know, when you take council kids out, some of us hadn't been out that much, you know, and uh, we went to a big seafood buffet, right? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure this shocked you and Fuzz both, uh, but. I don't think you realized how costly it was going to be. Get you. <laughs> and, you know, we go up or you go up to pay. And I want to say if we had 10 people, it was like 30 a plate or something. Yeah. right? And we had this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very interesting character on our exuberant. team. Exuberant <laughs> Joe Breeding. And uh, didn't he do something crazy whenever she told you the bill? He brought him the, I think brought him the ticket. And yeah, maybe we were like, at the table. He's just like, oh, my God. He's like, like oh $300. My. He's like, oh, my God. Everybody in the restaurant just looks I just kind of put my head down. And, and wasn't it like when you did get a pay, like you didn't even have enough money? You had to go back, to to go back to out to the bank. <laughs> You're like, oh, wait, we don't, we don't have that. Uh, yeah, that was a great trip. And then that was also in the trip whenever uh, – you know, we were young, like we were like freshmen, I guess, and we were probably the best players on the team. I think we're as freshmen going into soft, we're going into sophomore yeah. years. So you know, we were we were not very good, and I specifically remember the third game of the day down at Myrtle Beach playing Carolina Forest, 
Well, we had played two games. We went to the beach. Yeah, y'all took us to the yeah. beach. <laughs> You're like, that's a good idea. Probably not a good idea looking back. Yeah, we played two games against, you know, three, four, eight teams. And then we went and swam in the ocean for a couple hours. And then we had one final game of the day. I'm pretty sure that was the game where I threw out the punch pass, wasn't it? <laughs> Probably was. Uh, I think Shane may have hit a three to give us 20. <laughs> I, I think you so. did. I, I think you did. <laughs> And, you know, like back – and I'm not discrediting certain things, but back then, like, scoring 20, that was crazy to score that low yeah. six, against, like, a 4A team yeah. out of South Carolina. Yeah. And you see a lot of 20 games right now. Yeah, you do. And, 20s and, and 30s is nothing yeah. now. Yeah, uh, but I remember uh, I threw a punch pass. <laughs> like, I took it like a volleyball serve in PE. <laughs> and, you know, we were down 60 or something. And – uh, you 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 lit into me, and I couldn't understand it at the time. But now, you know, definitely makes sense why you got on to me. I think it. we still reference yeah, the punch the pass. pass. <laughs> it was an inbound pass, so it wasn't yeah, it, uh, coming down. You know, kicking to Shane on the perimeter. It was a pretty good pass. <laughs> I think it was. I think it. I think it got got there for sure. Um, and it, one more story I want to hit before we move on is uh, during that year you were coaching varsity with DJM. Then you have a funny – we had a foreign exchange student uh, from Czech, right? Yep. Czech Republic. Uh, John Jindra was his name. Uh, you wanted to tell that story. Uh, yeah, John, uh, if anybody knew John, he was – he come, like you said, he come from the Czech Republic and very interesting individual, uh, great kid. Uh, but we was playing in the Cold Classic. Uh, and – he was having a bad game, uh, so I took him out, and I think we was actually playing Appalachia. I'm not, I'm pretty sure we was, and uh, he was out probably for two or three minutes, and I was like, "Well, I'm putting him back in." So I looked down the bench, and he's stretched out, like laying on the bench, like with his hand with it propped up, just like he just. You know, relax. Like sitting at the house watching TV. <laughs> and uh, I go down there and I said, John, what are you doing? He's, he said, oh, just relaxing. <laughs> and I was like, you don't do that during the game. I was like, you got to be up and ready to go. So that finished a half. It was right before halftime. So we get go into the locker room at halftime and probably the hardest I've ever got on a kid. And I look back now and or I look back a few days later and I was like, man, I really shouldn't have got on him that hard, but it was bad. I, I got on him and I remember the next day he brought all his stuff that we'd give him. He had his bag. He had all his council shirts. He had his basketball shoes. He had them in his bag. He brought them in my office and he set them down and he said, I quit. And I said, John, I don't want you to quit. I said, you don't need to. To do that, I was like, you know, I talked to, tried to explain to him why I got on him and uh, talked him down. But he was fine after that. But I, I looked back after that and I was like, man, I really got on him too hard. Especially, it's uh, probably like a cultural. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a different. Because I remember I asked him, I said, do they do that in Czech Republic? And he was like, oh, yes, all the time. <laughs> so, you know, my eyes, I've, you know, I told him, I was yeah. like, well, we don't do that yeah. in America. Yeah. And, but yeah, uh, great kid. I'd love to hear from John. It's been years. I, I talked to him a few years after, after he, uh, went back over to Czech Republic, but I haven't heard from him probably in 15 years, maybe. 
Yeah, he was pretty solid. Uh, just yeah, he well, was. he had solid talent. Yeah, you know, just raw, uh, raw greatest cross, cross country runner. Yeah, yeah. he won a region cross yeah. country. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, back to um, our varsity career. You know, me and Shane's uh, squad. We were freshmen. Uh, you know, with you on varsity, you coaching us on varsity, and uh, that first year. You know, we had a few senior veterans, I guess, uh, but not actually veterans because uh, they, they hadn't played a whole lot either. Justin Boyd and Justin Fuller. We had some uh, pretty Logan rough Howard. records that year. Yeah, Logie. Uh, fun times with those yeah. guys. I, I want to say where we went about seven games. I think like seven games that yeah. year. Yeah. And then our sophomore year, all those guys graduated, and it was just basically us sophomores. Sophomore. I mean, we had, I want to say, three sophomore starters probably and maybe a junior uh, in tow maybe. Um, And then, you know, that year we were also um, pretty down. uh, I think we won seven that year too. Seven or eight, yeah, something like that. And, you know, tow, Otto Fletcher, we mentioned him on the podcast, one of the the best talents in council history, talents, you know. um, Would you say so as a big guy? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, he ended up he he ended up playing two years of varsity his junior senior year, and he had nine hundred and sixty yeah. points in two years. Um, he was a scoring machine. Yeah, when you had, he had his head on right. I mean, you could he could pretty much score anytime he wanted. Yeah, was he region player of the year senior year? I think he was. I, I know so. he's BDD player of the year. I don't, I don't think he was region player. Yeah, of the year. Definitely talent. But I always said about Toe is he need to be on the football field. Yeah. Could have stayed I mean, he, if he if he would have worked, he he may have been playing on Sundays. Yeah, he with, definitely his, has. with his body and coordination, and, and yeah, his coordination, hands. Yep. Yeah, toe, mean, toe could cross over better than any six yeah. eight three fifty guy yeah. I've ever seen. You know, I mean, he, he could, could shoot, shoot it. Yeah, it basically had every fundamental skill that you could on the basketball court, and probably would translate to the yeah. football football field too. I remember talking about that with Fleming on this podcast, uh, but you know. Like we talked about, you know, me and you were – it was like a brother-relationship. brother, brother relationship. I mean, we fought like dogs. I mean, you yep. know, you were you were hard on me. And, you know, Isaac, my cousin, you were hard on him because we were yeah. basically like your little brothers. And, uh, uh, you know, even as I got older into coaching, I remember coaching my nephew, Money. Uh, that was his nickname anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was hard on him. It's just something that you, you do, right, whenever you're coaching somebody that you're so close to. Yeah, I think you, you, you expect more yeah. of them, and you want to see them succeed. And I guess at times we go about it the wrong way, but you look back at it, and it, it, it's just like brothers. I mean, you, you go, and I wanted you, Shane, Isaac, you guys, I wanted the best for you. And I, and I, like I said, I look back, I was young, you know, hard headed, uh, probably went about the wrong way, but you know, if it, if it wasn't to be in the relationship we had, like I probably wouldn't have got on you. And I, yep. I was always told like once a coach and what, how I tried to look at it as I got older, once a coach quit saying anything to you, they probably forgot about you. Yeah. And, you know, I was constantly trying to stay on you and trying to push you to be better because I expected a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, I spent, you know, I feel like I spent as much time in the gym as a lot of people ever to come through council, you know, working on, working with you on my shot and different things. And, 
um, you know, we were young and dumb. I mean, we were what, 15 and 16 yeah. years old. And I remember hearing you talking about it in your first podcast about you just couldn't understand like how hard Rick was on you. Or, and I was in that same boat, you know, after games. And it was different for us too, because we were struggling. You know, we weren't, we weren't that good. You know, you didn't have a lot of talent to work with. It, it is hard. Two it, years. it is hard as a 15, 16 year old kid to kind of, I guess, understand why yeah. somebody's getting yep. on you like that. Yep. But as you get older, you're like, well, they, they seen something in me yep. and they wanted, wanted me to do better. Yep. And, you know, I see, you know, I see that now. I can't speak for the whole team, you know, but you, you look back and you're like, man, I wish, you know, I would have been able to process that more as a teenager. Yeah. I think another thing maybe was seeing all the success from all of the teams before us. And we're like, yes. why are we not like that? Yeah. And I think that was more of a, probably a problem with us trying to figure out why why it wasn't working no. right. Yeah, I mean, that that is something that, you know, at council, now that's not there. No. At council, you don't have any pressure to win. No. But when we were coming up, I mean, you know, by our junior and senior year, we were pretty good, but we weren't great. And that freshman and sophomore year, we were bad, and it was just tough, the pressure that was put on no. council program to win. You know, and the years before us, they might not have, you know, been making state appearances, but DJ and his group was always pretty good. Yeah. And it was, you had a lot of pressure on you. That, I, feel like, so. I think that was a lot of it was, you know, I seen the success that I had, the teams that had come after me. Yeah. I was putting pressure on myself. And in turn, I was making it harder on you guys. And I was going about the wrong way. But, you know, it's it's one of those things. It If you could understand it at 15 years, yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it's, it, was, it was tough. Uh, but, you know, like we've talked about many times, I think it made our relationship stronger. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, you know, I, again, would I change it? Yes, I, I would change things that we did differently. Yeah. Or, or how I reacted. Uh, but I'm a firm believer in things happen for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the coaching change happened and uh, J-Rat stepped in and did a good job and enjoyed playing for Rat. You know, we had some success junior and senior year. And, you know, me and you, I, I can't – again, I can't speak for the whole team, but me and you, we didn't have the same relationship for probably over a year or definitely over a year. Yeah, it, and, you know, I really look back on it now and I, I feel fortunate that it didn't last any longer than that, you know. Uh, I remember specifically, uh, you know, me and you, like I said, we were still bitter about certain things. And I remember uh, at my grandpa's funeral um, – Mine and your grandpa's were great buddies and they went to church together. Mm -hmm. And I remember your grandpa talking at my grandpa's funeral and talking about how him, how they used to fight all the time or, yeah. you know, argue all the oh, time. Yeah. And they would go weeks or months without speaking or, you know, be mad at each other. But then he talked about how much they truly loved each other and their friendship. And I remember at that moment, it was kind of a, you know, eye opening experience yeah. for me. And, and you were at the funeral and, you know, again, I think it's made our, you know, friendship even stronger. Definitely. You know, after it happened. Uh, but, you know, and you, you did stay on as an assistant coach uh, after that. And you, you were an assistant coach, I guess, for a decade after that. Pro yeah, yeah, probably. And yeah. that, that leads into, you know, a very special time um, in my life. And, 
Uh, I'll take a quote from the great Patrick Wade, who we're about to talk about uh, when you were in the good old days before you knew they were the good old days. Yeah. And it was uh, after I graduated, I came back and coached JV at council with you and P Wade. Um, and now I look back on that. That was one of the funnest times of my life was living right beside the school there and uh, coaching JV. You know, was that time fun for you too? Oh yeah, definitely. You're, you're with your friends. Uh, you're getting to be around basketball. Uh, even though we had, you know, ups and downs uh you know that was probably at that point was probably the last what what you'd say competitive team yeah. josh Byers, uh you know his team was probably the last last team that yeah they're about 500 i guess yeah that year. uh they were and, and you know they were 500 but they would compete with yeah. about everybody yeah. you know they lost some close games uh but uh that's like me even coaching jv i coached four years and my last three years we won seven seven and eight games and you know at that time i was pretty disappointed with that you know i felt like we could have got more but looking at how things are now you know you're like wow you know we're pretty fortunate to be able to get you know and we're competing (laughs) you know we competed with honeacre and all the teams you know you know so did the varsity during those years but uh yeah just great times during that whole whole era of being there for four years i guess that was about 2011 to 15 so yeah, that something range. like that yeah. and uh that's something else i want to talk about during that time uh shane you you have a little bit to do with this too but probably my funnest moments ever playing basketball and you know basketball means so much to me was our uh, old men's team uh, that we uh, started playing probably in about 2011 to 2015 was our big years. Uh, we caught it all night long. <laughs> P-Way told the story on his podcast about how we got it, how we named it. Um, but, you know, talk a little bit about what that meant to you, uh, that men's team that we played with. Uh, just fun times. You're playing with your friends that you've known your whole life. Uh, we was winning. I mean, wasn't a lot of losing no. in that in that stretch. Uh, at one time, we we was keeping up with how many games we. I think we were at like fifty five and two at one point yeah. in a fifty seven uh, game stretch. You know, there there for a while. I mean, it was every weekend we was playing yep. this tournament somewhere. I mean, it didn't matter where. It matter how far we had to drive. Uh, yeah, we were going to rural retreat yep. and Withville, and I remember we went, played in one in Pulaski. Yeah. Uh, Appalachia, it didn't matter. Uh, like I said, Appalachia had the rap music blaring the whole tournament. Yeah, you know that? it was yeah, like, it full was like blast. 12 o'clock at night yeah. before it finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's some fun time. Our core group was uh, Weeze, Michael Weeze Thompson, one of your best buddies. Yeah, uh, and then P Way, DJ, me, you, Josh Smith was a big part of that. Shane tagged along some, and uh. We beat Chad Barton so much he had to join us <laughs> for the last Can't few beat years. Him, join him. Uh, we we had we had Sarah J Rad even played a couple times with us, but it, it was just it was just really fun times. Uh, I wish you could rewind the clock and go back and play some of those old men's tournaments. And uh, P Wade would get in everybody's head, get teed up a lot of times. I wish we had video. Of yes, it. I'd give a lot of money yeah. for video of those tournaments. Yeah. Yeah, I remember there was, uh, we won't have to throw out any names, but there's these guys that they used to video, like their wife would come and video every tournament game, right? 
and we would make fun of it, wouldn't we? We'd say, why in the world are they videoing Looking that? back now, you're like, dang. Yeah, no, and now right looking back. back, you're like, wow, they were the smart ones. They're sitting there just yeah. probably, you know, drinking them a few and just laughing at all the, all the games. And <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. like to just see a few videos of Weez playing old timers, <laughs> just punting the ball. You know, <laughs> do you remember that time Weez kicked over the fan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or which time? Right? Yeah, numerous times that's been done. And not just the old men's tournaments we played in, but, you know, describe to me, because to me it means a lot to me, but to you it's got to mean even more. What does old-timers pick up basketball Monday, Wednesday, what does that mean to you or to you too, Shane? Like, what does that mean to you? <laughs> It's hard. It's hard to describe unless unless you've been there. Uh, I mean, we've had people come from all over yeah. to play Monday, Wednesday uh, ball, and uh, you know, it gives for me. It gives me. I still get to play and compete. And like I say, I'm still I'm still hard on myself at 44 years old. If if I don't win a game <laughs> on Monday, Wednesday night, yeah. old timers, I'm upset. You know, like last night. Actually, you know, I, I won probably three games all night. I was upset. Uh, but I would like to really have a list of everybody that yeah. has ever played. Yes. At In Council the thousands. Oh, it has to be. Yeah. Uh, I started back playing when I was probably 12, 13 years old up there. With my father-in-law. Yeah. Dave, Cobol, Harrington. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I don't, I don't think people realize how competitive it is until you get 20 to 25 late, 20 early 30-year-old men in a gym and have to yeah. say, you can't, you have to win to stay up or you're sitting for 30 to 45 minutes before you play again. Yeah, and like, you know, I played, and obviously you played everywhere. I mean, me and you played pickup together out at UCLA. Yeah. You know, me and you were out in California together after I graduated, but – I played a lot of basketball over a lot of years, and it's just something special to me about console old-timers. I don't know what it is, but it's just like, – like you said, I, it's a competition that I, I feel like is stronger than a lot of places you go. Like basically everybody that's out there is just takes it personally because of, I guess, how tight-knit everybody yeah, is. I, I mean, I, is. What is it that – I don't know what different? it is. I mean, it, it's just <laughs> – I think a lot of it is it's – like I said, it's tight-knit. Uh, I think when you have a lot of people there, yeah, it makes it, it makes work. It worse, yeah. I, you know, I've seen at times, I've seen 40 and 50 people in the gym. Yeah. And if you lose, you're, you're probably not playing time. for a couple hours. Yeah. So in turn, that makes it get really heated yeah. because you don't have rest. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and that, uh, it was one night back a long time ago, Ben Jackson caught three seconds at old timers. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. That was probably a night where there was 30 people there. Yeah. Just the other night, whenever I went, it was the one time I went this season, DJ uh, made a made a call, an out-of-bounds call or something, and we stood there for how long to argue? Probably, five minutes. Yeah. He's like, I will not accept the other call. Yeah. And we were like, well, something has to give here, man. And he finally ended up letting, was it me shoot for it? Or, he yeah. shot for it or something. No, you shot for it. Then they was, I made they it. Was and they complaining like, yeah. that, no, DJ made the call. He's got to shoot and for it. And he missed it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, uh, 
Great times for sure. Uh, so this is a recruitment pitch. If you're out there listening, you want to get a little ball in. I, I draw from Abbott at least uh, once every couple weeks to try to get some council timers in. Um, another really special thing that I want to talk about, uh, I'm going to let Shane actually uh, talk about how it got started. But for the listeners out there, me and Shane have been a part of something pretty special for the last, I guess, seven years approximately yeah um or eight years probably now at this point but called tbt the basketball tournament um shane kind of explain how that got started uh it honestly started with me finding an article online reading about it and then obviously at that time all of us were playing in these independent men's tournaments and we're like this is you know perfect you know and at that time the prize was i believe five hundred thousand. So we're like, we should, you know, that's something we should be doing. Yeah. And uh, we didn't probably think we'd be able no, to win. No, no, that yeah, anyway, no. But, but we're like, you know, that sounds perfect. And it honestly started as a joke. Yeah. And uh, at that time, my brother and Adam Keene was uh, playing under that the title of Showtime. And I guess Stacy had been the one that I guess started it, kind of putting us on the website. And it honestly didn't seem legit. <laughs> Yeah, I remember did. Neil kept texting me. He's like, is this legit? I remember you kept Yeah, that was me. my first thought. This is in like, 2014. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their website, if you saw it now, now compared to, you know, eight years ago, you'd be like, what, you know, what is this? You had to get fan votes to get in. Yeah. yeah. I was like, no way. When when you first, I can't remember if Shane or you I was teaching me at it. council with you. Yeah. I was like, there's no way. I was like, it's not real. And the craziest thing, once we got in and we got a bunch of local players, Chris Fleming was on the team, like you said, Dwayne Morris. You know, we got a very, very good team from our area. Brad Knuckles. I can't believe on Brad's podcast we forgot to talk to him about yeah. TBT. He played awesome in that yeah, game. Yeah. But Brad was on the team. We got uh, Josh Hart for played at Virginia Intermont. You know, Neil, of course, was on the team. Me and you suited up in yeah, that game. Yeah. I hit a three in that game somehow. Uh, but the crazy part was once we got in – they announced the 32-team field. I don't know why they picked us. Or, oh, it was the votes. Yeah. We got the votes to get in. And they messaged Stacy or you or somebody and said, we're going to send a Canadian film crew yeah. down to council to film you all like a little mini documentary. Yeah. And at that point, I remember us three for sure. No way that was that happening. So that then we put a, a group of, you know, we had a group of us or the team, I guess, Brought in a guy, you know, guys that played in old timers. Yeah. Pretty much had a game for this film crew to. And they showed up. Yeah. <laughs> and they they did a little documentary. Yeah, it was down on the bleachers in Council Elementary and had a camera in our face. Yeah, you can still check it out on yeah. YouTube, can't you? Yeah, yeah, I'll try to share that and on then social media. Use footage for it in a Gatorade commercial from <laughs> a couple years ago, which is even crazier. Yeah. Yep. That was during the pandemic. NBA, NBA Finals, yeah. wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. I remember you called me and you said, I just seen uh, Council Elementary Gym on TV. I was like, no way. Yeah, Tim Hayes even did an article on that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Hanging in, it's actually hanging in the high school now. I don't know if you've been around there, but I really got the article, the article oh. <laughs> in a case. Mr. Cooper put it in a really? case for us. Yep. That's cool. Uh, yeah, so long story short, you know, we played in that game up in Philadelphia. I mean, it was an unreal experience for us. That was before ESPN was covering it. But uh, we played against three former NBA guys that first year. Yeah. And, Neil, one of the best games I ever saw you play, you balled out that game. You and Brad uh, played really well together. And uh, we got beat. 
pretty bad. Yeah. We ended up getting beat by what, 35. I mean, yeah, they were yeah. stroking it. Um, but I think they hit like 23 yeah, that no. night, didn't Yeah. They? Our, our uh, <laughs> Southwest Virginia zone so, was not effective. <laughs> no. And then when we went, man, they were just driving by. I mean, at that level, you know, people, for the listeners out there, you know, I felt like I was a, a good high school player around here. I wasn't great. But, you know, at that level, it's, you, you catch it, you triple threat, you got to be strong just to be able oh, to you're, swing you're the ball. Some, yeah, you're swarmed. You know, and like I said, I somehow was able to get, I think I got two shots off that game somehow playing against the, that high level of competition. But, you know, long story short, over the years with TBT, we, the next year, we all decided to play again and we got some uh, like D2 top players around here, King, uh, some more Virginia Intermont. I think we actually ended up getting. A Wofford player and a couple other players. So we had Lee the first year. Lee first year. We uh, lost. And then at that point, we were like, something's got to give. So long story short, again, me, Shane, and Stacy decided to hang it up and just coach. And the one that I really want to talk about was we got beat how many years in a row? Three or four. Three or four years in a row, we hadn't won a game in it. So, Three, we had lost three years in a row. The fourth year we were playing the VCU. Playing at VCU. Yeah. Playing against VCU. Oh, yeah, playing against VCU. Fifth year. year. That's yeah, when they hit, the, they hit the buzzer beater. Yeah. Mm. And then, you know, I know me and Shane's talked about it. Neil, you know, you've been way more culturized to basketball than, than we have. But that was the top ceiling of my basketball career was the year we played at VCU. Uh, I was the head coach of that team, and we had, at this point, we've got SEC, ACC guys playing for us every year besides last year, which we went with Wofford, which is still, you know, just as high level yeah. of competition. But me being the head coach and then, you know, you being a part of that team, you know, what did it mean to you when we beat Wake Forest you know, on a nationally televised ESPN game? The top five moment in my basketball career. Uh, definitely it hit me in a lot. Uh just knowing everything we had put into it and it's a lot of work yeah it is and i guess for me everything as my my career as a whole you know to be 41 years old and still playing at that high level uh, it was kind of like everything come full circle for me uh and at tbt for me it's give me since i think Let's see when was the last time I played in the league was 2012, I guess, something like that. So TBT to me has given me the opportunity to compete at a high level still. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hope to do it as long as I can. Uh, you know, as long as you guys are willing to have me on, that's that's why I still work at it every day. You know, going through my head is like, I got to be ready for TBT, even yeah. though that, you know, I may not play a second, you know, or I might play a minute or I may not, like I said, I, you know, I just want to be part of it and to just be at that, compete at that high level. It, it means the world to me. Yeah. And that's what obviously makes you unique out of anybody that I personally know about basketball. And, you know, some people, and I'm sure you've heard it over the years, people criticizing you for, shooting and playing as much as you have. I'm sure you've oh, yeah. you know, heard people yeah. say that. And, you know, I always personally, you know, if I could mountain bike is, you know, three hours a day, <laughs> I would, it's, it's my hobby. And, you know, I think it's great that you have 
that motivation and you're one of the happiest people I know yeah, you're doing it and it, it, yeah, I think it's a good thing to keep that motivation. And- yeah. I just, like I said, I just love the game. Uh, you know, I just, and it, the main thing is TBT gives me that something to, Hey, you know, you need to keep staying in shape. You need to keep working. Uh, but then on top of that, I get to be around my best friends. Yeah, that's what's made it so cool. And uh, like I said earlier in the podcast, basketball, you know, I was able to do a lot with it, see a lot of places, but more than anything, the friendships and the relationships I've made means more to me than anything. Yep. Um, You know, back to council, uh, you know, the last several years, you know, J-Rat was the head coach. And, you know, I, I moved on out here and, uh, you know, I really commend you and J-Rat a lot over the last, you know, several years due to your resiliency of sticking with the program. And, you know, it's been really tough, you know, dwindling numbers and, um, you know, people just don't understand how hard it is at council to coach, um, especially. And I've not been there the last few years, but I've talked with you all so closely just the amount of kids that you even have to choose from at this point. I mean, it's dwindled every year. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, it, it has to be a, a, a challenge every day just to get through practice. And yeah, it does. Uh, we, you know, we've not had JV boys for the past two years. Uh, we had nine kids on varsity this year, six of them seniors. So, you know, I'm looking at, where do we put a team together next year? How do yeah. we put a team together? Yeah, it's um, sad if it don't if it don't get it through. is. It, it that last game that we played this year at Honeaker. I don't know if that that probably hit me harder than anything is we may have watched the last boys basketball game at yeah. council. Hopefully not. You know, I hope things change, but that could have been the last one that we'll ever see. Yeah. Uh, that hurts, especially being a council guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, it hurts me, and I'm not there, but it would hurt even worse. Like I told you, if you were there every day, like you are, and you happen to be be there firsthand, be at games like girls games next year, and then it's just over after the girls game. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's another thing, uh, very unique this past season that you got to do was uh, coach your daughter Ella. Um, talk about how that was this season, and maybe the future going forward with the girls program. Uh, you know, I can't be more proud of the girls. Uh, you start the season out, uh, you know, I thought things would, was going to be pretty bleak <laughs> to say the least. And uh, did, who, who, who was, uh, pretty close on your prediction? <laughs> yeah, uh, Travis, Travis yeah, he, he predicted, uh, what we would win for the year. So he was, he was right on it actually, I think. Uh, but, uh, Ups and downs, but overall, like I said, I couldn't be more proud of those girls. Ella, you know, going in, I knew, you know, father, daughter, I knew it was going to be tough. I didn't know really how to handle it. It was a fine line to kind of to walk. Uh, but she did great. Uh, I think I pre- I did as good as I possibly could. <laughs> there was times I probably shouldn't have said anything yeah i mean you how many hours did we talk on the phone all season probably of uh 
you coaching Ella and me coaching Peyton and try to try to get advice yeah, and throw did, Jared yeah. in there about how to manage coaching your child. Yeah, it, it is it is tough, and I know you know a lot of people that does it, but it it is tough. But I enjoyed. It. I wouldn't I wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, I hope Ella, you know, enjoyed it. That's why I want more than anything with her. I want her to enjoy it, have fun. Uh, but I also want to instill in her, and I try to tell her, no matter what you do, if it's basketball, if it's your schoolwork, if it's your job, if you want to be successful or you want to be good at it, you got to work at it. And that's what I'm trying to instill in her. And like I said, I'm I'm really looking forward to this group to see what they can accomplish because they come leaps and bounds from the start of the year. Uh, and we've already started back open gyms, so – uh Ella and you know a couple other ones in there working some of them's playing softball some of them's playing tennis so we ain't got everybody but you know, I told them anytime you can get in the gym you know it's it's a plus for you so uh, so there is still that there is a future you know um for the listeners out there the girls program the numbers look good enough to keep competing the, the yeah the girls program uh as right now uh, should be good for several years uh as far as numbers wise um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I know, um, I feel like I can speak for a lot of people in Southwest Virginia, but, um, you know, just what you've meant to Southwest Virginia hoops, I think is hard to put into words. So I'm not going to sit here and try to talk about it for uh, 10 minutes because I could probably go on and on, but, you know, just the things you've done with working with kids, you know, uh, like I said, myself for sure, you know, there's no way I would have been the shooter that I was without, you know, the opportunities you gave me to be in the gym, you know, uh, thought it was pretty unique the other day. You know, I still go over with you when I can a couple times a year at least and get a shooting workout in and Grayson Honeaker was in there, me, you and him was shooting. And, um, you know, I was just thinking about how many shots us three have put in over the years of just working at the game and, uh, you know, he's one of the best shooters in Southwest Virginia history. Uh, but, and he worked with you a lot, you know, over the years. And we could name so many players that's been in there. And you're still working with kids now, like on Sundays, aren't you? Yeah, I still, uh, right now, like during the season, Sundays is the days I work with them. Uh, but once school lets out, I try to try to go a couple of days through the week. But, yeah, I just, any knowledge that I can pass on, to the kids i want to do that you know because i wanted somebody to do that for me as i was growing up people would tell me so i want to try to pass on and that's again that's what it's all about too is passing on to the younger generation uh, and i just love seeing kids want to get better and work at the game yeah uh, like i'm pumped whenever peyton gets older to be able to bring him over there you know with you and yeah and let him work on his game something that i did and if he wants to anyway and uh, you know you know your impact you know not just working with kids but as a coach as an ad you're you're still the ad at council and um it's just hard to really put into words shame no uh, i think that neil has made me more envious of being wanting to be a point guard more than anybody i think you, know, you guys know i love 
passing the basketball. That's my favorite thing, and I think a lot of that's There's one come, good thing you're actually getting. Yeah, at. yeah, and I think a lot of that's come from, you know, watching Neil, playing with Neil. And I think he's – that's one thing I've picked up, maybe not the shooting or anything like that. But you, didn't, I think, you didn't get the shooting. No, <laughs> I think having a feel for the game, I think I've picked that up from Neil more than anything since I've started playing basketball. That's a great point. Like, you know, talking about playing with you in those all night long days and anybody that's played with you is listening to this podcast, which probably is a lot of people. Um, you're the number one person you want to pick to go war with. You know, uh, I play with a lot of people, no offense, but is more talented than you. But probably. if I'm picking somebody, you know, uh, your defense that you play. He was giving 110%. 110%. He was playing smart the whole time. Yeah, you're going to make the extra pass every single time. As Rick would say, too much sometimes. Or <laughs> definitely Weeze. Weeze would definitely say you need to shoot the ball. <laughs> I can hear Weeze now screaming at you to shoot the ball. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that it, it just it's hard to put into words how good of a player you are to play with on the court too, for sure. But, uh, Neil, some final thoughts. Uh, you know, just what you said, I want to be remembered as just a great teammate, just somebody that you want to play with. You know, uh, I love seeing other people succeed. Uh, that's just who I am. Uh, you know, uh, that's the style of play. I know, you know, like Rick said on his podcast, you know, I probably should have shot more there probably was times i should have shot but that's not the way i play yeah you know and i i think he referenced it you know i said just let me play just let me play and i just want to be remembered as i was a great teammate and i enjoyed playing with him um but you know basketball you know means the world to me it it does it always has um and you know i was thankful to have parents that let me pursue my dream and my goals. Um, and, and they, they never said a word, uh, you know, I practice all the time going everywhere, trying, you know, trying to get better, doing everything I could. And they always supported me and, uh, the people that I've met and the relationships, again, I've said this several times throughout, that's what means the most to me. Uh, and I'm just glad you guys started this podcast. Uh, I've listened to every episode, uh, you know, probably some of them numerous times. Yeah, uh, so, uh, you know, and I'm just looking forward to season two now. Uh, and like, I can't thank y'all enough for doing this. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more great stories about basketball and you know, get some knowledge and hear some stories that I've never heard. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, again, with the relationships, I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before, but, you know, I wanted to make this man cave that I'm in. You know, I've tried to put up as many pictures as I could just about sports and how it's engulfed my life and with people that has been involved yeah. in it. You know, like in my man cave, I have <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of pictures with different people that have, you know, been a part of my life and through sports. Um, but yeah, and I think that's, been the biggest thing for me with the podcast is uh, I do enjoy the time here at the table. That's awesome. But I, I also enjoy the feedback and talking to people just as much, you know, all the, I probably had hundreds of people, you know, over the course of the season message about different episodes or talk about different yeah. things. And uh, it's been really cool.
But anyway, Neil, you know, thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, appreciate the drive over in the Hummer. You said it's not running too well right now. Hope <laughs> well, you're able to make well it back. If you know Neil, um, he gets uh, $20 of gas pretty much every time. <laughs> well, you know, if gas is a dollar a gallon, he gets $20. <laughs> Yeah, six dollars. He gets twenty dollars. So uh, I know if Weez or PYO or DJ or any of them's listening to this, you know Neil's probably. I, I was with you. I was with you one time, and we stopped twice, like <laughs> in an hour segment. You know, just between Stopped in Honecker and stopped at Bills uh, to get gas because you you say it hurts to put too much in it. Right? <laughs> but uh, anyway, you know, thanks again for coming on. You know, you mean the world to me and. Uh, I want you to know that. But uh, for everybody else, uh, all the listeners, you know, again, hopefully you all enjoyed season one of the podcast. Uh, it was pretty awesome to me to be able to share these stories and listen. Um, you know, again, I already gave away one name. Uh, Coach Robin Dotson is definitely one that's going to be on. Uh, the rest you'll have to uh, tune in next season to find out. We will run it again starting in October through March again next year. Uh, so thank you all. Thank you.